You are listening to the Grace Church Podcast. To learn more about Grace, including our gathering times, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Tommy Jones. So we talked last week, we're on a series about John. It's your first time here, man, we're on a series about John, and it's been cool. And, and last week we talked about how, like, Jesus often found himself surrounded by people who weren't really interested in him. They were interested in what he could do for them. Right, and so last week we saw the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. There's all these people, and, and they're with the king of the world, right? I mean, they're face to face with Jesus the Christ. And what do they want from him? Bread. He's like, oh, are you going to eat? I'm the king of the world. Like, I came to give you life, and you're coming to me, and, and you want bread. And when I don't do the little trick that you want, you get mad and you leave. And so Jesus is standing, he's talking to this crowd, and they're like, oh, just give us more bread. And so he looks at him and says, this is a paraphrase. You, I would recommend you go back and read it. He looks at him and says, you want bread? How about this? Eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they're like, I don't think that's what I'm interested in at this juncture. And so the crowd kind of begins to thin out, right? Because Jesus says, you want, you want something? Have me. And so not everybody left, though. Some of the crowd left, but not everybody. In John 6, 68, it says, Jesus looks at his other disciples and he says, y'all going to leave too? He says, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, where will we go? You have the words of eternal life and we've come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. They don't say we've come to believe that you're going to give us bread whenever we want it. We don't come to believe that you're going to heal everything we want healed. We don't come to believe you're going to give us that job every time. What we have come to believe is not what you do, it's who you are. And we believe that you are the Holy One of God. And so people stayed. And I think Jesus liked this. I think he liked it when people stuck around, not just for what he did, but for who he was. Don't you like that? And so I think he liked that. As a matter of fact, as you go on in John, Jesus makes a several like I am statements. He'll say, I am this or that, which is not irony because I am, I am. I mean, he's, he's one with God. He's God in a body and the son of God. But he makes these I am statements. And today we're going to be in John chapter 10. And we're skipping a few chapters, I know, if you're going along, but we're only really going to get through John 17 in this series, so i got to skip a few chapters. But if you, if you open your Bible, if you have it, open up to John 10. If you don't have it, it'll be on the screen. And let's listen for, for the I am statement that Jesus makes today. John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, the hired hand is not the good shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. And the man runs away because he's a hired hand and he doesn't really care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and the sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I laid down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Oh, this is good, guys. This is really, really good. This is, this is a beautiful, beautiful passage of Scripture. And I hope today you connect with it. But so, so he says, remember, John has an agenda when he's writing. Remember the book of John? He has an agenda. And his agenda is that you would know that Jesus is the Messiah and that by knowing it, you would have, anyone remember? Life. Thank you. And so Jesus says, I came so that you would have abundant this is a little bit like swimming in mashed potatoes. 
Life, yes. And that's going to be the answer every time I do this for the remainder of the day, unless, unless the answer happens to be Jesus, which is always a good wrong answer in church. But so life, 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 life. So that's what he's talking about. And so why does this matter so much? Why does it matter so much that we understand that Jesus came, that Jesus is about giving us abundant life? And he says it over and over. He came so that you would have life, abundant life. Why does this matter so much? I happen to have the answer. John 10, 25. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me. But you don't believe because you're not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they, everyone read those last two words together, and they follow me. Good job. So it appears, keep that one up there for me. It appears to me that one of the distinguishing characteristics of a sheep that knows the shepherd is that they follow the shepherd. Like when Jesus talks about those who belong to me, he is talking about people who follow him. And I don't believe this is like um, colorful language. I think this is pretty literal. When Jesus goes there, we go there. And he says, do this, we do this. This is not like some ethereal thought. He's like, no, I, I want you to follow me. And where I go, I want you to go. And what I say, I want you to say. And what I do, I want, you, I want you to follow me. And when you follow me, then the world will know that you are my sheep. And I'm guessing there's a lot of sheep that believe in the shepherd. But the ones who actually belong to the shepherd are the ones who follow the shepherd. Right? Y'all with me? And so this is what Christ is asking you to do. So why is it so important that you believe he came for abundant life? Because if you don't trust the shepherd, you will not follow him. If you don't trust the shepherd, there's no way you're going to follow the shepherd. There must be some things settled in you that allow you to trust that what the shepherd wants for you is abundant life. Let me give you all a little example. And this is going to, none of y'all are going to believe this. This is going to come as a big surprise. I'm not as perfect as y'all think I am. No, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, living with me isn't always um, rose petals and candy. <laughs> there are days when I can be a little, I know y'all are like, no, 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 he's perfect. No, trust me. There are days when it's not easy. And occasionally my wife and I, my wife's Christy, and, and occasionally we will have a difficult conversation because she will be wrong about something and I'll be trying to steer her back. I mean, you know, there's days, let me just, let me rewind that. There's days when Christy and I have difficult conversations because we're we just don't see eye to eye on something. Married couples, that ever happen? Okay. And so we, we can have difficult conversations if these two things are settled in us, the conversation ends well. And here's what the two things must be. When we're having a difficult conversation, this must be settled. I love you and I am for you. Those two things. If, if those two things are the base of, y'all can imagine you've had conversations when those things weren't settled, how'd it go? Exactly. Now, when those things are settled, you can have some difficult conversations. There can be some friction, but it usually leads somewhere good, right? It's like me and you, if you believe that I love you and I am for you, man, we can have a lot of tough conversations. That must be settled in you for you to trust your spouse and for there to be peace even in difficult times. Same thing with the good shepherd. There must be things that are settled in you so that when you have difficult conversations, you trust him. Because there's a thief. He's, Jesus is not the only voice in the room when you're making decisions. There's a thief. And the thief is coming to steal, kill, and destroy. 
And the thief may be, you know, evil. It may be your own humanity. It may be Satan, the enemy of the soul. But there's thieves in the room. And they want to deceive you. And they're all saying all these things. The world is saying all these things. And your buddies are saying all these things. And then Jesus is saying something. And in that moment, you have to decide, which voice am I going to trust? Where is it settled in me that this person wants the best for me? And so it must be settled in us or we will not follow him. And the reason this matters so much with Jesus is because occasionally the good shepherd is going to ask you to go somewhere difficult. I don't know how long you guys have been following Jesus, but not everything he asks you to do is something that you want to do, right? If that's, if that's who you're following, you're following you, not Jesus. Um, let me read y'all something. Let me read it in King James. Y'all give it a little King James today. It's been a while. It's been a while. Y'all don't know that I speak at King James, but I do. Psalm 23. You, I think if you're going to do Psalm 23, I feel like you got to do King James. So just listen to how gorgeous this is. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in the green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. That's so good. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, thy comfort me. Thou preparest a table for me before the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Gosh, isn't that gorgeous? I mean, just, th th this, is, this is where life is going to go, though, if you're with the good shepherd. Did y'all see the locations where they went? There was a green pasture. Oh, that's nice. We all, who, everyone likes a green pasture, right? Most of us. But not everywhere you go with the good shepherd is Disneyland, right? Matter of fact, he says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Well, that doesn't sound like a fun place. And then he says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my, did y'all catch that word? My enemies. Well, I don't want a table in the presence of my enemies. I'll take, I'd rather go to the kid's table than sit at a table in the presence of my enemies. But if you're following the good shepherd, occasionally you're going to end up in the valley of the shadow of death. You're going to end up in a place where some things have to die. And typically those things are your will and your way and the big I that dominates our lives, the I meaning me, right? And so if you're following him in the valley of the shadow of death, there are things that will have to die. And when he prepares a table for you in the presence of my enemies, I don't know what y'all's enemies are, but mine are probably pride and guilt and greed and lust and all these different things. He's going to prepare a table for me at the presence of my enemies. And if I don't trust that the shepherd loves me, how will I respond in that valley? If I don't trust that the shepherd is for me, how will I respond when I'm surrounded by my enemies? You know what I'll start doing? If I don't trust the shepherd, I'll start making deals with my enemies. If I don't trust that what he wants is best, I begin to negotiate. I begin to make deals. I begin to do what humans will do when they don't trust the good shepherd. And so it is so incredibly important that we trust him because where he's going to ask you to go might not be where you want to go. Why do we trust him? Verse 12, back to John 10, verse 12. This part of this message right here is where God just blew me away with his love. Uh, the hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. The wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. By the way, the wolf in this story, guys, I think is important. The wolf attacking the flock is not like, a bad day. It's not you can't find a parking space. It's not, you know, I don't have enough money to pay. The, the wolf in this is death. 
and sin and eternal separation from Christ, right? That's the wolf in this story. So it says the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. And the man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and the sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Why do you trust him? Because he's not a hired hand. it's, It's almost as there's this unity between us and Christ that when Christ looks at us, he sees someone who belongs to him. And so when I read this part of the verse this week and I was reading John 10, this is what kept coming to my mind. And y'all, y'all just, y'all know what's happened in the world in the last few weeks. Okay, so imagine you're at a situation where something bad is happening to a child, right? I mean, put yourself there, and that's not hard to do right now, I don't think, where something bad is happening to a child. Don't you think most people will do their best to try to protect that child? Don't you think most, most people, most good people, if something bad and terrible is happening to a child, that things that go beyond our imagination, don't you think most good people are going to make the best decision they can in that moment? They're going to do the best they can to protect that child. Okay, most people are going to protect a child. Now imagine it's your child in that building. Now imagine it's your child in that situation. Is there anything you wouldn't do? Is there anything you wouldn't do to protect your child in that space in that time? Anyone around me, you got two choices. Shoot me or coming with me because we're going. If it's my child in that space, there is nothing I will not do to protect my child. If my child walks to the valley of the shadow of death, I'm going to the valley of the shadow of death. If my child is at the table of the presbytery, if Kinley and Caden are at tables surrounded by their enemies, then I'm at that table. Because if it's my child, there's nothing I won't do. Now, here's what must be settled in you. Y'all got that image in your head? The way you see your child in that moment is the way the good shepherd sees you. That is the way Jesus sees you. Right now, that is the way Christ sees you. And it wasn't just once on a cross a thousand years ago. Daily, when we struggle with sin and we struggle with pain and we struggle with this world, Christ sees you the way you would see your child if they were in that situation. And there is nothing he won't do to rescue his children, even if it cost him his life. That is the story of the cross. That is the good news of Jesus Christ, that there was nothing that would stop him from getting to his children. And he didn't sit up there and let a hired hand handle it. He went in there and handled business and did whatever it took to bring his kids back to him. And if you're a sheep and you're following the shepherd, it must be settled in you that that is the way the shepherd feels about you. And I don't know, I, I guess when I read that this week, it just did something to me. Because so many times I, I think that, you know, when I'm going through something that Jesus is angry at me or he's mad at me or, you know, maybe I, he doesn't want me or like I've out his ability or I'm, I'm fake or, for, you know, all the things we all think, right? And then I realize, no, no, no. He's not waiting out there watching me. He's busting in to rescue me. It says it right there in the verse, in verse 15. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I will lay down my life for the sheep. There's nothing he won't do. Sometimes to the world it looks like the wolf is winning, doesn't it? Sometimes to us it looks like the wolf is winning. We look around and we see the pain and we see the fear and we see all the stuff and it looks like the wolf is winning. 
But for those who trust the sheep, you understand this. The wolf never wins. His mouth, his teeth have been removed. The wolf is not affected like this, right? <laughs> That's not an effective way for a wolf to live. He's knocked the teeth out of him. Listen, listen, this is verse 16. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. This is Jesus talking to them. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. Okay, who's Jesus talking to at this moment in the book of John? Who's around him? Jews. He's talking to Jews, right? And he looks at the crowd and he says, no, no, there's other sheep too. And they must hear my voice because there must be one flock and one shepherd. Who are the other sheep he's talking about? Gentiles. More specifically, you. You are the other sheep. I am the other sheep. Is it settled in you that this is the way the heavenly father feels about you? John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they know me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. No one can snatch them out of my hand. Is that settled in you today? Is, is that just that thing? Not, not that you understand everything about the Bible, not the ark and all. I mean, is that settled in you? That no one can snatch you from the hands of the Father because the Son laid down his life for you. Guys, that, that's the gospel. Y'all have, have heard of the good news? The good news is not, you know, that your politician is going to win, although we get a little confused on that one. The good news is not your son won state, although that's great. The good, news is, the good news is none of these things. The good news is that the good shepherd has snatched you from the mouth of the wolf, and no one can take you away from him. And it doesn't matter. And you're like, well, Tommy, you know, I, I, I still sin. I struggle with sin. Struggling with sin is proof that the good shepherd is fighting for you. If you're not struggling with sin, then you need to worry. But if the sin in your life, you're then that is evidence that the good shepherd is fighting for you. Struggling, we're all struggling with it. But sinner is no longer, I cannot stand him. Christians say, well, I'm just a sinner. You're not a sinner anymore. You were a sinner when you were in the mouth of the wolf. You've been snatched and now you were a saint set apart by God with a divine purpose. And the sooner we believe that we're not lowly sinners, the sooner we will stop living like lowly sinners. You are rescued sheep who exists to do one thing, follow the shepherd. And I would love to do a show of hands here, but I'm not going to do it because if we're honest, we should all put our hands up. Is there anyone in the room thinking, yeah, but not me? Because you don't know what I've done. Yeah. You don't know about that. You don't know about the thing that nobody knows about. Isaiah 118. Just let this be God's word to you. Come now. Let us Settle the matter. It needs to be settled today. Though your sins are like scarlet, meaning your sin, yeah, that thing, that thing, yeah, it was bad. Shouldn't have done it. That, it was a terrible thing. It offended me greatly. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Is it settled in you today that you have been forgiven? settled in you that God can redeem anything 
he wants. We're going to sing a song in just a minute. And the song, band, you guys can come back whenever y'all want. We're going to sing a song in just a minute called Raise a Hallelujah. Any of y'all ever heard of that song? Um, hey, can you put the words of that song in there for me? Just, just the, the, the first part. Yes, yeah, so, so we're going to sing this song called I Raise a Hallelujah. I, I'll, I'll kind of show you. It goes, I raise a hallelujah. Kind of goes like that in the prayer. Thank you. Thank you. It's about time. Yeah, kind of goes like that. But I, you'll, see, you'll see what the second line is. I raise a hallelujah where? In the presence of my enemies. It doesn't say I, I just raise a hallelujah when I feel like it. I just raise a hallelujah when the temperature's what I want it to be in church. I just raise a hallelujah when I got the good parking place. I just raise a hallelujah when my scratch off actually won. And if you're scratch off one, we'll take 10%. We're not above that. That's not what it says, right? That's not what it says. It says I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. And guys, the, the loudest and most beautiful thing the church can do is not just act like we like Jesus when Jesus is good to us, but act like we like him all the time. Because Jesus, what he did was good enough forever. And so we're going to sing this song today. And some of you, I'm not pointing any fingers, but some of you, we were a little lackadaisical in that first round of worship. A little bit. So I want you to go ahead and stand up. Everyone just stand up with me. You might want to stretch just a little bit like this. Because we're going to raise a hallelujah in such a way that it honestly looks like we believe we have been forgiven. We're going to raise a hallelujah in such a way that if anyone is in this room and they don't know Jesus, they're going to see a room full of people who feel as though they have been redeemed. I, I, know, I know there's difficult things. We raise a hallelujah anyway. Not because of what he's done, but because of who he is. And who he is is worthy of praise. If you are encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. And again, thanks for listening to the Grace Church Podcast.